everybody. Welcome to City Girls Pod. And this is the show where we are talking about the Carrie Diaries this week for the next couple of weeks. Uh, we talk all things sex in the city here. And I'm film critic Rachel Wagner and Jax is here. Hello. You said the next couple of weeks and I was like, oh my goodness, you're right because it's only two seasons of the Carrie Diaries. Yeah. <laughs> for the next couple months, really. We'll be, we'll yeah, no, but, but but you're accurate there. I, I was realizing like Sex in the City, we had six seasons and yeah, <laughs> more episodes yeah, yeah. in each season too. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I mean, I guess at least Sex in the City, it was uh, only 22 minute episodes. Yes. So, so it was yeah. a little different, but but yeah, today we're talking about episodes four and five. And after a pretty lousy episode uh, last time, uh it's I, I think we get a little bit of a comeback in these episodes yeah these yeah. were really delightful and my goodness is Anna Sophia Rob so charming or what yeah and I have like major hair envy like, oh, yeah, whatever yeah. the hairstylist is doing with her curls looks so good <laughs> oh my goodness and actually her outfits I like better than Carrie Bradshaw big Carrie Bradshaw's outfits. yeah yeah, no, it's true. They really have her looking beautiful. Uh, they, they, the costume designer doing a great job. Uh, is it? I don't, I don't think it's. Is it Patricia Fields? I forget who it is on this one. But anyway, they do. They're doing a great job. And uh, this first episode is called Fright Night, and it's when Carrie is invited to a Halloween party in the city by Larissa. She invites Walt to go with her to keep her company. It doesn't take long before the night goes awry. So overall, what do you think of this episode? I thought this episode was a lot of fun. I mean, Carrie dressed as Princess Diana is so charming. But I will say it it um, bumped up against me in a lot of ways, like hearing the F word to refer to a gay man kind of just bumped me up in the wrong way. Um, like, well, in fairness, it's meant to be offensive, like yes. the way it's used. It's not like, like it's meant to be shocking and not yes. an excuse for it, but yeah, it's still- I think um, that like even now on TV, even when things are meant to be shocking, like I'm not used to hearing that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's just so, and and also like it it takes me to like the AIDS crisis in the 1980s and like just knowing it's it's just mm -hmm. it makes me get sad. Um, however, this episode was a ton of fun to get to see um, everyone like the core four at this show, yeah. in all different settings. Um, to see Mouse high as a kite, that was really cute. Was what, what did you think of it overall? Yeah. So the by the just for clarification, the costume design is Eric Damon, isn't he? Oh. The costume designer for the series. So he did and particularly in this episode. I mean, Such a make, good job. uh like semi-believable princess die wedding dress that felt like maybe she could actually, you know, pull off. Uh yeah. I think uh was was pretty impressive. Yeah, that was mm -hmm. such an adorable costume yeah it was really really good and yeah I would say I thought this one was pretty good I do have some still issues with Larissa we're going to talk about uh in particularly in this episode so we have there's kind of two parties going on and neither party felt particularly realistic I mean you definitely have to suspend disbelief uh you have Sebastian it's not only that he's having a party but he's having a party at the diner and I feel like that would never, you would be 
it would be very foolish whoever owns this this diner to have this party with a lot of teenagers drinking uh that would be very stupid what's in it for the people like that you the diner it doesn't make sense no it doesn't make sense and you would be criminally liable not only for having underage drinking in your establishment you would lose your certainly you could lose a liquor license if you had it uh but also you could be criminally liable if people like go out you know drunk driving or just all the things that could happen if you're serving you're just not allowed to serve alcohol to minors that's still it's still a thing even today i i have a question for you and i know they hang out at the diner so it's kind of fun to have a party there but why do you think that the show even created this because the whole trope is you know usually that you have a house party when your parents are out of town or sometimes parents who are like oh i'm okay with it just as long as you're doing it yeah. here we'll let kids have a party those things i believe and i've seen but you're absolutely right rachel this was like i'm sorry what is going on here <laughs> yeah i i don't know why they would want to have it at the diner i, I don't know if it was just to like make sebastian look cool because mm. this is like their spot i guess i don't yeah. know that uh, it's like and and to like create some conflict with donna uh but i i don't know i i don't understand why they would put it in this commercial establishment there's just i can see a party uh for all the you know the ways that you you talk about but to have it at the diner just seems extremely extremely unlikely to me yeah even yeah. if his parents owned the diner, they would let him have a party at the house before the diner. Like there's oh, no yeah. way this is happening. Yeah, I agree. Um, and then Larissa's party, I just feel like very few adults would invite teenagers to a party like this, first of all. Second of all, that they would give teenagers drugs like that, just without even like, just here, hey, like that I don't think would happen um very there's I don't think there's that many adults that would do that especially a, a teenager that you just met I mean maybe if it was like your sister you know, your sibling or something or like a movie star you know like a Drew right. Barrymore or something like that yes. in her day you know things like that that you uh, maybe would offer somebody like that drugs but um, I don't know. I just feel like the Rissa's character is not very well written and like not believable at all. I don't think that she would do what she is doing. And uh, and so I don't know. I, 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 I don't think we saw a little bit of that in the pilot when she tried to steal something and we're like, OK, like, I don't really know if I buy that with this character. I just for a point of clarification that I'm curious about, and it's probably been addressed, but I don't know. Does she know that Carrie's a teenager or is Carrie kind of being ambiguous or vague mm. about her age? Maybe she doesn't know, but it seems like, I mean, I, I guess you could believe that Carrie is older. I, I think it would be hard to believe that she's over 21. I mean, she definitely yeah. looks younger than that. Um, but But especially with Mouse there, uh, well, a mouse was at the at the um, other, yeah. the the art installation, um, but even Walt looks really young. I mean, I just feel like you'd have to be pretty stupid, yeah, to not think that these are teenagers. Yeah, that's very true. And even 
even someone who you think could be 21, like I'm not into corrupting youth. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> still not good. <laughs> I mean, yeah. still illegal drugs either way, but especially for for young, uh, I don't know, for teenagers. I just feel like most people have like some boundaries, even if you're like free as far as drugs and stuff like that. I think most people have some boundaries like with children and stuff especially because larissa wasn't being asked for the drugs like i think it's one thing if if a kid or i mean not that i would do this but someone's like oh do you have drugs but it's like it's almost like yeah. putting on it in a weird peer pressure way that doesn't seem like that's what an adult would do yeah ho 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 we'd like to take a second and thank our sponsor for this episode of the podcast it's the hallmarkies patreon do you love Hallmarkies podcasts, especially at Christmas? Do you enjoy the holiday previews, recaps, interviews, and bonus episodes? If the answer is yes, please consider supporting the Hallmarkies Patreon. We need your help to do what we do both during the Christmas season and all year round. But not only do you help a podcast led by strong, independent women by becoming a Patreon, you get to become a part of the Hallmarkies family. Starting at only $2 a month as a patron, you will have access to our Facebook Patreon group where we talk about the movies, shows, and more all year. We also have many monthly patron watch-alongs with guests like Lacey Chabert, Natalie Hall, Paul Campbell, Mary Lou Henner, and more, giving their behind-the-scenes details of their films. As a patron, you also have the chance to provide input into the podcast and even join us at different tiers. So this Christmas season, spread some cheer to the Hallmarkies Patreon and become a member today. You won't regret it. Go to patreon.com slash Hallmarkies to learn more. That's patreon.com slash Hallmarkies. It's a problem, actually. She's the worst offender of Larissa, but this show in general has a really weird thing with adults and, and children. Like, it, it's strange. I mean, even this whole thing with Bennett. Uh, so we get to know this. There's this um, writer at the party named Bennett Wilcox. And, and so Wyatt becomes really impressed with him and they sort of have an experience. And I, I just feel like it's like, okay, so now we have another adult that's with, <laughs> that's with these teenagers. Like, I don't know. I just think it's weird. It's a strange thing in the show. Yeah, especially like Bennett... And Walt seem like they could be close in age, but we've already set up that Bennett is one of Larissa's friends. So we know that he's an adult. So, you know what I mean? It's just a weird dynamic. Yeah. Literally everybody but Carrie has had or is having an adult relationship of some kind. Yeah. What? It's upsetting. It's weird. It's really weird. Uh, but anyway, so they go as Di and Charles, which was a lot of fun. And so I have to say, like, do you have an epic Halloween costume? Your most epic Halloween costume? Oh, my goodness. I would say my most epic or the one that I liked the most was when I was Punky Brewster. I've done it a couple times because I really like. Oh, that's cute. Do you have one? Uh-huh. With your um, yeah, I think uh, Tracy Turnblatt. That's one of my favorites. Ooh, Hairspray. That's a good one. That was a fun one. <laughs> yeah, that was fun. Um, I mean, I pictures love... of ours for when the episode drops. <laughs> yeah, I've done an angel. I've done Chucky from Rugrats. Uh, that was fun with a, uh, an orange wig. Uh, I can't remember what it was last year. It was something fun. <laughs> I can't remember. <laughs> but, I love uh, 
Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Do you ever get to, do you ever get Alex to do a couple costume? <laughs> so, um, I haven't done a couple costume with Alex, but when I was a nanny and even after I was a nanny, I uh, went, would go with the little girl sometimes. So one year we were the devil and the angel and we both wanted to be the angel. So of course I had to be the devil. <laughs> so we- That's funny. I've been an angel before. <laughs> so you and I could go uh, as devil and angel. Yeah, we could. We could. Uh, last year, I, I now I remember I got a poodle skirt. So it was like a, it was kind of a tribute to um, Olivia Newton-John. Like a, Oh, that's a great one. Yeah, like a 50s you know, yeah. girl. Um, so that was fun. And, uh, so Dorit thinks that Halloween is stupid, but you know, she actually really likes it because she's planning on sneaking out. She wants to TP her, uh, I think the principal's house. Yes. Yes. I, have you ever gone TPing? Did no. you ever go? No, <laughs> no, I was, I mean, I was very, very, uh, well-behaved in high school, but I thought it sounded like fun. Did, did you? I actually did one time, <laughs> um, but most of the time, what we did, what it was the, when we went the one time it was, uh, to our, our church leader, uh, our, the, our, the daughter class, uh, it, it was, it was very tame, very tame. Uh, but, uh, but most of the time, what we do is something more fun. I called, um, heart attacking. Did, do you, have you ever heard of this? I'm not familiar. So what you, it's really fun. So what you do is you write, uh, messages on hearts and then you, uh, you put them all over like the door or the whatever, and then you door dash and leave and it's fun. That's uh, so that's like nice messages. Yeah. And it's called you, oh, you've been heart attacked. That's adorable. That's really yeah, cute. Yeah. So, and one time we did it with one of our teachers and we put the, the hearts on little, um, skewer sticks, whatever. And, uh, and then we like, I don't know, covered the lawn, but a lot on the lawn, uh, and then ran away and, and, uh, and it actually got covered in the school in the uh, area paper because she was so That's excited. About it. Did your teacher love it? <laughs> yeah, she did. You did so that's nice tp <laughs> yeah i'm okay with that also doing it to your church leader sounds like it's just being mischievous and playful yeah and i mean and she absolutely knew who it was and we didn't do anything like too mean like you know like if some people like do eggs or something and no just it, something that would be very easy to you know clean up or whatever so uh, i i approve of that of that yes. style <laughs> yes yes the, our rival high school I never did it, but people used to throw eggs at the rival high school's houses. Oh, yeah. um, but one, I was too scared to do it. And I knew my parents would find out because they found out every time I did something, even a teensy bit wrong. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, my parents were, were so spared of like, they had the most easy children as far as any kind All of, of you guys. Uh, yeah, no, there was none of us got into any kind of real trouble. I was probably the most like headstrong of any of the kids. Uh, you know, my, my, my brother and sister were both stay at home kind of more personalities. Uh, and I was the one out like doing stuff and, but you know, I, I never, I never got into any kind of real trouble. So <laughs> they were very well, lucky. Good. They were that's very good. lucky. That's lucky and good parenting. I mean, wait, cause there's seven of you guys, right? Six, 
six. six. Yeah, so that, but they're kind of two batches of us. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, it, but even the, the younger three never really got into much trouble. So they were very lucky. <laughs> yeah, they were spared. Yes. Uh, so, but we, at least in this one, we do have Carrie getting kind of annoyed with Larissa. So I, I did kind of like that, at least that they were acknowledging that she's being annoying and pushy. Um, and at a certain point, she almost jumps off the roof and Carrie like helps her to not do that. And she's on LSD uh, and she's taken, she's taking ecstasy and LSD. So that's a lot. Yeah. And you know, this is like a fun light show that like does tug at the heartstrings and all that stuff is great. There is obviously some real mental health issues going on with Larissa though. And they're not being addressed in a very serious way. A part of it that I liked that I thought it was a really great reckoning moment for Carrie is when she feels so bad for leaving Larissa alone when she's passed out and when she's drunk or high or whatever. Um, It's not Carrie's responsibility as a child to take care of an adult, but I thought that it was, it, it shows that she's a really caring person and sort of like lets us see a little bit into the future of how she really watches out for um, her female friends, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it kind of makes sense her behavior in the series in a way, because the only time she ever really has drugs that I recall was it was some pot. Yeah. I don't think she ever does anything else. Right. No. And you could tell she's like, not a pot. Like she was like smoking a doobie. You know, she was not at all. She, she was an experienced pot person. (laughs) Yeah. But I wonder at what point is her dad going to be aware of all this? Because it seems a little crazy that they're going off. He's sending these two teenagers into the city for some Halloween party. Like, I feel like he should have asked more questions. Yeah. I'm surprised he didn't because in some ways he's very strict. Yeah. And, uh, but he's at home with his Chewbacca costume, which 1984, that's the year that Return of the Jedi came out. So this is all very fresh. Yes, I thought it was funny when he said that he has been that Chewbacca for a few years because he spent a lot of money on it. <laughs> yeah, it would have been expensive back. I mean, yeah. even now, but but back been. in the day. <laughs> uh, and then, yeah, Dory eats all the Halloween candy. She only got two bags, which is that's not enough. <laughs> I mean, but we agree. Yeah, I completely yeah. agree. Yeah. <laughs> uh huh. And, uh, and then, uh, they watch Poltergeist, which I don't know if you know about the history of Poltergeist, but uh, it's kind of interesting because I think it's Toby Hooper who, um, is credited. Let me see, make sure I get that right. Um, it's interesting because the, um, Poltergeist, yeah, Toby Hooper, I was right. Um, so it's credited to Toby Hooper but pretty much everybody believes that Steven Spielberg really directed it, but he, uh, yeah, he's, he's given screenplay credit, but, uh, but, uh, and I forget why people, why he didn't just get the credit, but it's, it's very widely believed that 
he uh, he actually directed it and not Toby Hooper. Uh, but anyway, um, and uh, it's yeah rumored. Uh, uh, yeah, it's a it's rumored that Steven Spielberg came in during his ET days and did the bulk of the work. Uh, and uh, this this makes sense as the film is really frightening and disturbing. Um, so uh, yeah, anyway, a lot of people think that it, like they compare it to ET. Obviously, ET is yeah. not a horror, but like yeah. it's also about a child, you know, and and other things. So it's kind of interesting. And Dorit gets pretty scared. I understand that. I'm afraid of scary movies. <laughs> Today's episode of the podcast is sponsored by W Rated, the podcast where we willingly watch the world's worst rated movies. Join me, Daisy. And me, Claire, as we break down the IMDb Bottom 100, choosing a different film from the list every episode. We take a deep dive into the plot, production, release and reviews, usually with a special guest to uncover if these films are truly as bad as everyone says they are. You can find us on Spotify, Apple, Good Pods and anywhere else you find your podcasts. braver i because i you know i have to cover them as a critic sometimes so i've been trying to kind of expose myself more to scary movies than i've watched in the last uh last couple of years i've watched halloween the original halloween the original nightmare on elm street the original scream i've been trying to to be a little little braver uh and it can be fun i i as long as it's not too realistic it's mm-hmm. like poltergeist it's not like realistic right uh, and so it's not that scary to me like what's more scary to me is like murder um like almost almost more sometimes the lifetime thrillers can be a little bit more scary to me if like like uh the psycho stalker you know oh, things like that yeah. a psychological thriller can be like devastating yeah uh, as long as it is, it feels like it's, if it's like aliens or, you know, creatures or like, that's not real. Yeah. yeah. So You're I, like, oh, wait, we can handle that. Yeah. <laughs> um, so then we get this scene between, uh, Bennett and Walt that you need to take a leap. What's the worst thing that could happen? And Bennett kisses Walt and then Walt runs away. Mm-hmm. So what do you think about this? I mean, If Bennett wasn't an adult, it could have been a really sweet moment. And then also yeah. just a very real moment of like, you, like, I don't think Bennett, other than the fact that he's an adult, was pushy. Like, I thought that it seemed like he had the green light. He, It's not like he like mauled him or like was really drunk or high. Like it, they had a moment where they were like really connecting. I also think it it's just a lot to take in. It's It's Walt's first time kissing a guy he has a lot of feelings and emotions surrounding it and it makes sense why he flees and acts the way he's acting because he's got a lot of stuff going on what what did you think of it yeah yeah I mean aside from the age thing if I kind of aged them up um I do think it was a an impactful scene Mm -hmm. um well done uh, and then he, you know, he, then he stops these people from beating up this, uh, gay couple, um, mm-hmm. later on. And yeah, I mean, and it almost has more, uh, the resonance when you do think about night, it's 1984. Yeah. 
And so it makes a little more sense why they're behaving the way they are. And, uh, and then, yeah, Maggie uh, and Mouse go over to the party at Sebastian's and they, he gets a joint and, uh, and so there's kind of all of that going on. And then, uh, I think it's Simon, Maggie's, um, police cop guy, her adult policeman affair <laughs> partner. <laughs> yeah. Whatever that is. He storms into the party. Uh, and, uh, and so then there's that, uh, and then you have also Sebastian taking mouse home, um, saying it will taking her to, uh, Carrie's house. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, she's baked. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, to be honest, like I was annoyed a little bit at Maggie and mouse for even going to Sebastian's party. Like that would never happen in adult sex in the city. Like the, the women wouldn't hang out with Carrie's ex like that. Like think about how protective mm. they were with Carrie and big. However, really funny stuff with mouse and Sebastian and then offers a nice opportunity for Sebastian and Carrie to connect again. And I love the way Maggie stuck it to that cop. Like mm. he's basically being like, oh, you're underage. So I have to turn you in. And she's like, well, you slept with me and I'm underage. So basically holding it over his head, which yes, it's manipulative, but also like the way he's like wielding his power and it was so dismissive of her feelings. There mm -hmm. was a party that was just like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's also a scene where Larissa is, is completely out of it after taking ecstasy and LSD and this lion guy, like basically almost rapes her, but Carrie stops it. So that's a lot for a 16 year old to deal with. Yeah. And to feel responsible for, to feel yeah. responsible for stopping this for an adult. It's so mm -hmm. much. And then she's also dealing with, um, yeah, mouse being high, which is more funny than scary, but you still have to deal with it. And I, I like that Carrie seems like she's got a good head in her shoulders when it comes to substances. Yeah. Well, so then we're, we end with Walt kissing Maggie and them going to the next level. And how do you feel about that as a plot line of he's gay now he's going back to his girlfriend in like I don't know how do you I feel mean, about that it was upsetting because we if he's There's just, obviously some like internalized homophobia obviously 100 percent, and I hold a lot of space for that I think that I hold space for him working his stuff out on his own, but it seems like he's dragging her through it now. Yeah. And the only thing is if he really is exploring and I want to, I want to, I do want to hold space for the fact that he might be exploring. It also is like prime time for Maggie because things are now officially ended with the cop. And maybe it's like, they'll just get each other through this weird time and figure it out together. But it was just like, oh no, don't do that. Cause you just want to prove that you're not gay. Um, mm -hmm. I just had a lot of feelings swirling around that. So we'll see how it plays out. Yeah, I think it's a, it's a little weird. They, I feel like they're trying to sell it as something sexy when it really shouldn't be. I don't know, it's just weird a little bit of a weird plot line, but, uh, but interesting. And nonetheless, so I would give this episode, I'd give it a seven. Yeah, I would too. And just to your point, Rachel, like it, it 
is it is tricky being an adult and like thinking about teenagers having sex on screen like there's just something about it yeah. that's like oh and um <laughs> I don't mind I don't mind stuff like that with consenting adults like it's not it's not like I'm adverse to watching like sexy scenes like in Sex in the City it's just that thinking about the way they're sort of trying to make these kids grow up so fast it it's just a lot to sort of contend with yeah that's true all right so then we have episode five and this is called dangerous territory and this one is mouse is excited about getting back together with seth but worries about being bad at sex gary's feelings for Sebastian get in the way of a dinner invitation. I'd have to say that I think this show is like every bit as mature television. I mean, aside from, I guess, the nudity that Sex and the City would have, like, it's pretty, like, I, it's pretty shocking that this made it on the CW, I think. Oh, I'm shocked it was on the CW. Like, yeah. Shocked. I don't get it. Um, I mean, I'm I don't really, watch other stuff on that network, but I'm I'm surprised. No, I am. T- I also don't watch anything on the network, but from what I gather, um, yeah, this episode, um, the end really moved me when Carrie got to reconnect about her mom, and I, I, I really, I really, really liked this one. I thought it like really tapped into some deep emotional stuff that we don't even usually see in sex in the city. Yeah. Yeah. So basically in this episode, we have Carrie, she, uh, she goes, uh, out with this guy, George silver, um, who is kind of like a country club guy. And she's trying to like, she's trying to make a good impression. And, uh, have you ever seen the movie metropolitan? No. Dr. Whit Stillman. Uh, it's a pretty good movie, uh, and uh, it's it's all these really pedantic, very like hipster uh, college students in 1989, uh, and they're all trying to kind of one up each other and impress each other, and and uh, it, it's it's a it's a pretty good movie. And there were a lot of scenes in this episode that really felt like inspired by metropolitan really yeah all the scenes all the scenes with sort of the other socialites where they're talking about they're going on um i i thought really felt like metropolitan the 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 party did to me yeah it was fun to watch carrie get ready for this party where she knows she's really not going to fit in and like to kind of be in cahoots with her boss about it was really Mm -hmm. charming to me yeah, that was fun. I like her boss. She's she's a good character. She that actress does a lot with a little. I think she really does. Yeah. yeah, I wonder what she's done since. I'd like to follow her. Yeah, that's a good question. Let me see if yeah. I can find real quick. Uh, it's Gail, right? Is that, yeah, yeah. Her name. Yeah. Let's see. Amy Har Hargreaves. Yeah, she's keeping busy. Uh, she, yeah, working actress. She was on, uh, she was on Homeland, twenty episodes, and then Thirteen Reasons Why, 40, uh, 49 episodes. Oh, that's on right. Netflix. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We'd like to take a second and thank our sponsor for this episode of the podcast. It's the Hallmarkies Merch Store. 
Are you looking for that perfect gift for the postable, hardy, or hallmarky in your life? What about getting that t-shirt or hoodie that will help you stand out at your next holiday party? Now is the time to check out the Hallmarkies merch store. Full of festive designs by artists like Jessica Miller, Carrie from Walmart Comics, and more. You can even have more than just shirts, but totes, cell phone cases, notebooks, mugs, and more. And it isn't just Hallmark. We have designs for Anna Green Gables, Man from Snowy River, The Nanny, and more. Every purchase at the merch store goes to help support the podcast and allows us to make the great content you know and love. There are frequent sales, so go to tpublic.com slash stores slash Hallmarkies or see the link in the description. That's tpublic.com slash stores slash Hallmarkies. Then we have Carrie taking her driver's test and particularly the parallel parking. And I know not every state requires parallel parking in the driver's test, but mine did. Did yours? I never took my driving test. Oh, Um, yeah. (laughs) Yes. It did. That's probably why uh-huh. I never took my driving test. Are you, you're a good parallel parker though. I'm not a great driver in general, to be honest, but, uh, I, I, I'm good enough. And, uh, I, I had, I'd failed the first time because in Maryland, at least at the time, what they did was you had a, you were out on a course, uh, you weren't out in the, like, seems like most people like in this episode, they're, they're out in the, in the regular streets. Uh, you had to do it on a course, which I think is a little bit more intimidating, you I know? So yeah. yeah. Um, and I had to get my license because, uh, my family was moving to California and they just had a new law in California that, uh, you had to have your, uh, your permit for like a really long time. If you, you had to have somebody drive, be driving with you, which is probably smart. Uh, but I was like, Oh, I, I've got to get this license now before we move. Um, so I only had a matter of like a week uh, and I failed right. it oh the first God. time. So then I'm going the second time. And uh, anyway, I just remember just being like so nervous and, uh, and my brother was there with me and <laughs> And uh, I I did it. I passed it. I still can't even believe that I passed it because uh, I I have um, mild dyslexia, yeah. um, and so it's really hard. Like especially with my parallel parking, like getting that sort of the you have to turn this way in order to go that way, and you have to like yeah. all the different. It kind of messes with your brain a little bit. A lot of moving parts. Yeah, and depth perception and all that stuff mm-hmm. is all affected. And uh, so, yeah, it was a miracle. I passed my driver's test. I was so excited. Call my dad. You were a good driver because you drive a lot. Well, I mean, I think I, I, I make it work, but (laughs) I, it's, it's not my favorite. If, if, if there's ever an option to not drive, if somebody else was willing to drive, I will always take that over. I don't enjoy driving. If uh, like some people like go out for a drive or whatever for fun, not me. Not you. It's fine. I, I, I get it done, but I don't love it. Uh, especially when I was younger anyway. Um, and so we also have mouse and Seth, uh, they haven't been together since the unbreakup. Um, and so then basically like her and Walt, um, get some tips, uh, which this was kind of a funny misunderstanding. Like yeah, I, I was kind was, of in for it. Yeah. 
Yeah. But then like Seth gets, Seth says that he has another girlfriend or another, he's dating, been with other people when they were broken up. And, uh, and then, so uh, Mouse tells him that she, uh, that she was with Walt and, uh, and he gets really jealous. So I still like, uh, I like Seth. He's a, a, a fun character. And I do think they have pretty good chemistry, but yeah, that's kind of a cliche. Yeah. I mean, I don't fault Seth for being with other women when they were broken up, but the fact that he has such a double standard about it and he's like, well, I'm mm-hmm. a guy. I'm like, oh, here we go. Toxic masculinity rearing its ugly yeah. head again. But yeah, I mean, it's especially 1984, like that mm-hmm. it, it tracks, it tracks. And this guy, Kyle Harris is his name, who plays Seth. He should be in a Hallmark movie. He's I think really he would cute. be great. Yeah, he's still working. He's a working actor. He was on uh, um, Blue Bloods and Grey's Anatomy and, um, and a bunch of different shows. So, hey, <laughs> Kyle, Hallmark you should channel. be on Hallmark movies. Like- You'd be a perfect fit. Yes. <laughs> you really would. Uh, yeah. And so then we also have the dad, he hits a woman with his car and then they have like a meet cute. Like it's one thing to have, she's repairing her car or something like that. Like another thing to have him literally hit her. <laughs> yeah, totally different thing. <laughs> but he lost his wedding ring and is now struggling. Uh, he finds out that his wife had lost her ring three times, never told him and he's having a hard time kind of letting that go uh and uh but by the end of the episode he uh he's he says that he's single and uh, so that's kind of a big moment i think that must be so hard for people who are widowers um widows to figure out when is the right moment to take off the ring if you take off the ring what you do with the ring like I already think it's so devastating to lose your partner but then to deal with all those little small things that it's just it's it's really really heartbreaking yeah yeah and then we have Sebastian with Donna and it seems like he is genuinely like at least a little bit interested in Donna it doesn't seem like it's totally a jealousy kind of play I totally agree. I think for whatever reason, he does like her. And even when he says that thing to her, um, when he calls her the B word and she's like, no one's ever called me that before. Like you actually see a side of her. And then I'm like, oh, there's something else there. Like she's a little like, there's something else to her. Um, Mm -hmm. But so far, like I, it's not even like the hot mean girl, like Regina George. Like Mm -hmm. I've just been seeing like, things about her that I find totally unattractive until he says that to her and she has some little spice in her. I'm like, okay, Mm -hmm. you've got a sense of humor in there. When I did like, I think it was Maggie who called Carrie out on the fact that the Sebastian had a reason for not liking her, for being upset with her about her, what she, she did with the files. Yeah. Uh, So, you know, it makes, it makes sense. Um, What do you think about this advice of make yourself unavailable? It makes guys interested. It hasn't Um, worked too well for me. I have to say (laughs) (laughs) they just, they just move on. (laughs) Like, okay, I'll take that as 
So <laughs> I've done like a decent amount of reading about like attachment theory and stuff. And uh-huh. if someone is avoidant attachment, um, that works on them, but you don't necessarily, avoidant mm. is someone who like gets scared of closeness, but you don't necessarily want to be with someone who has avoidant attachment either not that there's anything wrong with that and I I've experienced it too on both ends but I'm just saying that I think that you don't want to seem no one ever wants anyone who's desperate but mm-hmm. I think being pleasantly available and open-hearted is a great thing too and won't scare away the right person right um, and so what did you think about the whole thing with George and his mother and, uh, like finally, finally she sort of opens up to Carrie and says she knew her mother and, and uh, she starts out very unlikable, but that kind of warms up by the end. Oh yeah. Think? I thought this character arc of this woman, George's mom was beautiful. Um, yeah, it was, it was weird and creepy at first with the fact that she was so protective of George and really quite it seemed mean-spirited and ultimately Mm -hmm. like her position with him is very selfish is that she's relying on all of her emotional stuff from him. But I do have an empathy for her because, you know, her husband left her and right now she's feeling like all she has is her son, which is such an unfair expectation to put on him. What did you think about that whole storyline? Yeah, I thought it was pretty good. And it shows, I always think it's good in these kind of shows when you have parents who are like willing to admit that they're wrong and like have mm-hmm. and I felt like she was a pretty like well-rounded vulnerable character yes. she wasn't just like the like I always think of like in dead poets society like these parents I'm like what how dare your child be in a play <laughs> I know what's wrong with you? <laughs> it's Shakespeare <laughs> what a terrible like going- burden you have it's like going back to the olden times when actors were like lower than criminals, yeah. you know, that's like, that's not. I mean, I guess we get George in four episodes. So I'm thinking that there's going to be like a little relationship going on here. Do you think they have chemistry? I do. I think they have a little bit of chemistry. It's you different. Like- it's a nice comparison with Sebastian because Sebastian's more like blue collar and more like rugged, you know, kind of, and he's more white collar upper class but but charming and independent yeah and I like that even though he's a little bit white collar upper class like he doesn't come across as condescending yeah I agree yeah he's he's good I like him so uh I would give this episode um, I'd probably give this one 8.5 yeah, I would give it an 8.5 or a 9. To me, that scene with George's mom and Carrie when she was talking about her mom, I mm-hmm. was just yeah really overcome with emotion and so well acted on both their parts. And yeah, I, I like what's percolating. I'm excited to see what they've got cooking for us in the next two episodes. Yeah, it's going to be fun. Going to be fun. Well, let us know if you are listening, what you think of these two episodes. We'd love to hear your thoughts. And Jax, where can people find you? Jacqueline C. tweets on Twitter and Jacqueline Collier on Instagram. 
You can find me at Rachel's Reviews, all over social media, iTunes, YouTube, and on Rotten Tomatoes. Check that out. Also, make sure that you are following the podcast, Homeworks Pod, Homeworks Podcast, all over social media, and it, and including Facebook. Our Facebook is back, so that's very exciting. Facebook <laughs> jail, no more. Yes. If you are listening on iTunes, please leave your ratings and reviews. We really appreciate that. And if you are watching on YouTube, please give the video a thumbs up and subscribe to the channel. And you can also follow us on at Criterion Pod on Twitter. So check that out. And uh, we have the Patreon group, which is a lot of fun, and our merch store where you can get City Girls merch. So check that out. I even have wearing the shirt. It looks so cute on you. (laughs) So, all right. Thanks so much, everybody. And we'll talk to y'all later. Bye, everyone. Bye.